Hi, I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and this is the Dying to Ask podcast. Today, we're kicking off a series of interviews with an Olympic twist. So same theme that we normally deal with of finding out how people are living life and then seeing which of their habits we can kind of rip off to help us live a little bit better. But the difference is all of my guests for the next couple of weeks are, well, way fitter than you and me. And a lot of them have Olympic medals. All of them are tough as nails, and they're all really interesting, fun people. There is an Olympic theme if you haven't figured it out. So before we get into today's episode, a little background. We have a lot of new people who are listening these days. A lot of people who are listening in Sri Lanka. I don't know where that came from, but welcome. Glad to have you. So since a lot of people who have been listening are not necessarily from Northern California where I'm based, you may not know um, what it is that I do when I'm not doing the podcast. My day job with Hearst Television is that I'm the weekday morning news anchor and reporter at KCRA TV, the NBC affiliate. I'm based out of Sacramento. My niche at Hearst for the last 20 years has been covering the Olympics for our 30 plus TV stations. So every two years, I have worked as a member of something called the Hearst Television Olympic Team. And I have gotten to travel everywhere from Sydney, Australia, to London, to Sochi, Russia, to Pyeongchang, South Korea. Um, I have seen it all. And I've traveled with a group of people who are just phenomenal. My main partner has been Mike Domalog, who is also based here in uh, Sacramento. But the pandemic pretty much put that stuff on hold. So this last summer, I hosted KCRA's Olympic Zone show and created a lot of Olympic content, mainly through Zoom, instead of traveling to Tokyo. And just a little over six months later, another Olympics, which is weird, (laughs) but I'm doing basically the same thing again for the Beijing Olympics. And after talking with colleagues who are in Beijing right now, if there was one I had to miss in person, it might be this one that I would have been okay with. This one is super, super complicated. They are doing incredible things just to be able to do their jobs over there. So I wish them all well. So in the meantime, I'm going to be spending the entire Winter Olympics at Palisades Tahoe Ski Resort in Lake Tahoe. Palisades is the new name for the resort that was formerly known as Squaw Valley, home of the 1960 Olympics. And fun fact, I just was looking at our schedule for the Olympics, and I am scheduled for a nine to six shift. Now, for all of you normal people out there, and that means anybody who doesn't work in TV, um, that's a normal shift, right? Like banker's hours? Well, I have never worked a nine to six shift in my entire career. Like not a single one have I come on the clock at nine with the intention of leaving at dinner time. So that's cool, a little different. <laughs> and so I had to celebrate, right? So I'm bringing back something for the Winter Olympics that we did this past summer called the 21 Day Challenge. The challenge aired during the Tokyo Games and the idea of it is take 21 days, the average time to form a new habit, And let's work on our health, whether it's physical or mental, and use the Olympics as our inspiration. So do a little bit of something every day before you sit for four straight hours and watch the Olympics and just get inspired, right? Just try to like, try to do something because something's better than nothing. 2008 Olympic gold medalist in volleyball, Gabe Gardner was our ambassador cheerleader last summer. And when it came time to pick somebody to be our winter challenge cheerleader, I knew it had to be a Winter Olympian, obviously, but I really didn't have to think about it very long because I had somebody in mind right away. And fortunately, she said yes. 
right away. Her name is Shannon Barkey. Shannon grew up in Tahoe City on the shore of Lake Tahoe, and like a lot of kids in Tahoe, she did a little bit of everything outside. So she did mountain biking and soccer and swimming, and of course in the winter, she did skiing. She was approached to be a mogul skier when she was about 12 by a coach at the then Squaw Valley. And if you don't know what moguls are, moguls are the bumps. So it's skiing the bumps. Um, it's skiing till your knees give out, basically. <laughs> it's so hard to do. And she made it look easy. The rest, as I say, is history. Shannon went on to be on the U.S. ski team for 12 years. Seven World Cup victories, 26 World Cup podiums, six U.S. national titles, a member of three Olympic teams. She won Olympic silver in 2002 in Salt Lake City and a bronze in 2010. Salt Lake City is actually where she settled and she got married to a guy named Matt Happy. Yes, Shannon Barkey is Mrs. Happy. And like, it could not have been a better name for her. She's been an entrepreneur ever since. She started and sold a coffee company named Silver Bean, inspired by her silver medal. She created something called Team Empower Hour, a collaboration of Olympians who empowered corporate America with lessons learned through their lives as athletes, team building sessions, corporate workout classes, etc. It was just ramping up when the pandemic hit. Yes. That was the bump, the queen of the bumps never saw coming. None of us saw it coming. So Shannon did what she does best. She just kept bumping along and she's about to launch something new called the Will Program. It is perfect. I think it's pandemic proof, which is super important these days. And she will be inviting you to be a part of it. On this time to ask, see why Shannon Barkey is the perfect cheerleader for our 21 day challenge. Some advice she has for anybody taking on the challenge and trying to give their health, whether it's physical or mental, a little revamp. Why her spirit of just one more is the key to achieving dreams, who she's hoping to connect with with the Will Project, and how you can sign up too. And we'll tell you a few funny stories, most of them true, from our years of knowing each other. And yes, if you are a fan of hers, she still has that pink hair, trademark pink hair. Now, the interesting thing about doing these Olympic stories is that over the years, I've had this bizarre opportunity to spend time with these athletes during a really special raw time in their lives when a dream may or may not be realized. I've been asked, be able to ask incredibly personal questions that they all answer. <laughs> and I've also had an opportunity to hang out with their families around the world. So it's been a really unusual opportunity to form some friendships with some of these athletes. And um, I'm really grateful for that because we met through work, but we've kind of become friends for life through these shared experiences around the planet. So I'm so excited to have yet another 21 Day Challenge cheerleader who I also consider to be a friend. Shannon Barkey is my guest on the Dine Dash Podcast. Olympians, the best of the best. It takes world-class conditioning to reach this level with mental toughness that is just as rare. Because when the body breaks down, the Olympic mindset takes over. My name is Deirdre Fitzpatrick and I have covered the last 11 Olympics. These are the stories of how Team USA's athletes get to the top of a podium and how you can get some Olympic edge in your life. Mrs. Happy. Hello, how, how are, are you? you? <laughs> I know, I know, I miss seeing you. Usually we make it out to Salt Lake City and Park City during our Olympic cycle and you know, this year, COVID. So didn't get a chance to come out and you know, kind of catch up with all our Utah friends. Um, but it's so good to see you. 
It is so good to see you too. I just, I think about how long we've known each other, how many Olympics we've been able to talk about. And, um, and I'm just so thankful for you being just this awesome woman and inspiration for me through all of it. So I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh, well, (laughs) right back at you. I mean, I, I I think it's like 20 years, maybe ish that we've known each other. Well, I'm only 25, so I'm not sure technically how long it is, but it could be around 20 years. Yeah, we were babies, (laughs) babies. You know, I called you Mrs. Happy when people might not realize is that that's actually your last name. And it's funny when you were engaged, I saw you at like an Olympic summit and you're showing me your ring and you're like, I'm, I'm going to be Mrs. Happy. And I'm like, well, of course she'll be happy. You're always happy. You're like, no, really? I'm going to be Mrs. Happy. I know it's so great. And people don't realize because, you know, when I do stuff um, around the Olympics, I just say, look up Barky, right? It's way easier. That's just my competition name, but I have so embraced happy. So I've got two. How could you not? I know, right? (laughs) I know. Greatest name ever. And so I've embraced it so much that my two kids are named Zoe Be Happy and Tucker is happy. And people are like, you're so ridiculous. I'm like, would you expect anything less? So no. I, you know, so my poor children, that's their name. So we'd be happy and Tucker is happy. So they I love it. You know what? There's something to it. And if that's a mantra or a name or a, a, a lifestyle, so be it. Cause there are worse things, especially after this last couple of years. That's right. So, yes. We will never forget that. <laughs> we will never forget it. So here we are going into um, another winter Olympics. Um, each one is different. This one is just whack, but that said, here we are going into another one. Um, all these years later, is it, is it easier? Is it harder when like an Olympics comes up? Because I know like when people have that first Olympics coming out of competition, it's, it's a little strange transition. Oh, I have to tell you the first Olympics after I retired was so hard. One, I felt so lost in my life, right? What am I doing now? Where am I going? I used to have this focus And now it's just not there. And I felt so jealous inside, right? Like I felt like I still wanted to be there. Like I still had, you know, I was still physically strong and fit and could probably ski just as well. And so it was really hard for me to watch that. Um, And, and, and a lot of those competitors were still the competitors that I had competed against. So like I had spent my whole life trying to beat them And it was really hard to shift gears to try and cheer for them. Um, But now as, you know, I know less and less of the people or, or aren't competing against them, it has really shifted my, you know, my ability to just be really excited and to go all in and be all about Team USA. But it was really hard, you know? Um, So yeah, honesty, hard. It was really hard. Yeah. And that is, that is such an honest thing to say. And I feel like people are much better about acknowledging that those transitions are hard. And I had seen this for years covering all you awesome athletes. It was always interesting to run into somebody a few years later and see what, what that transition was like. And a lot of times I would hear some kind of dark things about, you know, you go from like every minute of the day being about you and your physical performance and, and this team to kind of the real world, which is not quite as much fun a lot of the times. And a lot of people had struggled with that. Um, now I feel like the USOPC has more of like that kind of legacy transition acknowledgement and they seem to be helping athletes with that more. Yes, absolutely. Um, I've had some pretty great conversations um, with people that are, you know, that are helping athletes transition, and it's so needed. And it was the reason that I started my company, Team Empower Hour. 
um, I struggled so hard. And, I, you know, I came out of the Olympics amazing. My whole 12-year career, I was, you know, on the USA team. I went to three Olympics. I won two Olympic medals. I retired at the top of my game. I was going to get married in a couple months and become Mrs. Happy. Um, I had a business, Silver Bean Coffee, you know, that I was going to. So it was just like, poof, it was all supposed to be magical. And I remember like a year later, you know, just being completely lost and, and not loving the coffee business that I was in. It was, you know, we had, we had kind of set it up to travel to all the, the coffee farms and to do all this, you know, really fun stuff. And it wasn't like that at all. And I just found myself super down and, and just really questioning what is, and I, and I, and I, and I felt like it was so silly of me to reach out for help. Um, and you know, when our teammate, um, Ariel teammate died by suicide, it just, uh, speedy Jarrett speedy Peterson, um, it, it just really reinforced that like, wow, this is more than just no matter where you finish or what you do and what you accomplish. It's so much bigger and deeper and broader than that. So I'm so glad that now people are recognizing it, talking about it and, you know, trying to build a community that fosters help through that, through that transition and beyond. And I so think I'm trying such... to be a big advocate for it too. Oh, well, <laughs> and, and you are. And I think that that is such um, great advice, not only for people who are at that elite athlete status, but for the rest of us too, because most of us have kids who do sports. Most of those kids aren't going anywhere with those sports, just, you know, statistically, right. but that's okay. And, and I think that like teaching these lessons really early and um, realizing that the, the journey is perhaps the greatest reward for most of us is really, really critical. And I feel like that's what the work that you've done with Team Empower Hour and with your latest venture in helping people like look at the, the skills that they have and the experiences they have, make the most of them, but don't let them be the only things that define you. Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes, like as I look back at my, at my athletic career, some of the things that I was so incredibly good at, and I would almost say like, you know, my superpower have been almost like my biggest downfall in the real world, you know? Okay. So how I, so go into that? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, one of the things that like when, when I was an athlete was like never giving up, right? Like you put everything and you do not stop. You do not give up. You do not, you know, show people that you're afraid and you just go, go, go and push, push, push. Well, in real life, man, is that hard to do? Like there's some things that maybe I don't want to push for. And I just need to say, Hey, this is good. I, you know, I learned, um, I tried, but like, I don't have to go the distance. It's kind of like reading a good book. Sometimes the book, like, or, or not a good book, but just a book, you don't have to finish the book. If you don't like it after three chapters, close it and put it down, right? Go to a new book. So I think that sometimes I find myself, you know, really pushing and just going through all this muck that is getting me to a place that I don't really want to be. So that's really what I've tried to, um, I think, take into my life now is what makes me happy on a daily basis. Is it something that I'm, you know, going to be really proud of? Do I enjoy the work? And is the goal going to be worth it, right, when I get there? So I think for me, it's really some of those things I just like were so good at as an athlete. And it's been a downfall for me now. So all of those things you just <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> 
are the same questions. <laughs> no, they're so good. All of those things you just mentioned are so similar to the questions that so many people are asking themselves in what has become known as the great resignation. Like verbatim, those things that you just listed out. And that's why I think that this new project that you are embarking on that starts in March is so timely. Will you explain what it is that you're doing? Yeah, so I, um, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited. Like we could talk about it for hours, but I started um, this, this thing called the Will Program and it's Women Impacting Leadership in Lives. And right now it's gonna start as a, as a virtual program where I am, I am going to help women find out what their what's next is like what is our what is our chapter right now what are we doing is it fulfilling what's in our heart and what we find to be you know the most important things in our life so how do we how do we capture that how do we build this program to go after it and how do we have the confidence you know to be us to be true to say no to what does not serve us so I really think, you know, after talking to so many women, just kind of redefining who we are and what we want and what's important to us. And if what we're doing is great, how do we push through that? But if it's not, how do we shift and have the confidence to go after what we truly want? And so, so how, do you, how do you incorporate kind of your own Olympic experiences and ideals into working through these questions and then coming up with a framework from which somebody can start guiding their life. Yeah, this was like the most fun and most hard part, right? Lots of tears, lots of smiles, but lots of tears of like, how do I <laughs> Always, we call that Tuesday in my house. Yeah, right, yeah. or 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Right, um, right. You know, I took, I took stock of I worked with so many incredible people, whether they were hypnotherapists, whether they were sports psychologists, whether they were coaches, whether they were other athletes, whether they were friends that just gave me advice. Um, I never took anybody's one approach, right? I took all these bits and pieces. So then I kind of compiled all of the things that got me through the hardest times in my life, after injuries, after failures, after these things that were just like felt, I felt devastated. I felt like I was at the bottom of Death Valley trying to get to the top of Everest and had no way to get there. So I kind of compiled all of those things and, and really it starts about purpose and you know what was the most important thing to me and then once I kind of figured that out and owned it, then I had to build that process, right? So how do I set goals? How do I create that mental toughness? Who is it around me that I need to support me and people that believe in me just as much as I believe in myself? And then how do I create that commitment and accountability um, you know, and, and repetition to make sure that it becomes part of my life? So now we have like this three-step process called own it, which is, you know, owning, owning that first thing and then build it. How do we build that? And then how do we become it? So that is kind of my, my three-step process. And I'm sure it's going to morph and change as more incredible women can kind of, you know, add to it and, and show me what works for them and be like, oh, 
that's incredible. Yes, let's put it into the program. So right now I, I like to tell people it's like Microsoft 1.0 and it's how can we build it and you know make it into this incredible product that empowers women for for so long and keeps them you know accountable and, and on track. And so will this be like a weekly type program? How what will the format of it be? Yeah, so I'm doing kind of two different ways right now. I'm really re- reaching out to um, women in, in companies, right? How do we retain all of the talent that's there, that they're in their jobs, they want to be there, but are just feeling overwhelmed and burned out? Um, so I'm going to have one program that's all for companies. So, you know, what are the struggles in their company? What are they feeling? What are the outside things? And, and creating a plan for them. But then I also want to have an approach for anybody, any woman, whether you're a mom, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a CEO, whether you know, you're, you're entering into the workforce, how can we all come together and, and do that? So right now it's all going to be virtual. Um, as much as I want to give everybody a hug in person, now is just not the time. And yeah. then hopefully over time, be able to come together and, you know, do it in person. So an hour a week, we go over all the different topics and modules. And at the end, you get this really cool thing that you build um, called the Guide to Greatness. And it's a roadmap that you've created that you will commit to follow. Oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. You definitely need it in person though. Cause you're really, you're fun in person. <laughs> I really am. Right. I know I want it in person. I just love like hugs and people and energy. So I'm hoping to get to that point, but you know, right now this is what it is. And so we're going to be yeah. of it. <laughs> pre pre pandemic when you were running team empower hour and you and, and other um, Olympians were sharing the knowledge, uh, mainly with big companies and group settings. What was the thing that resonated the most with the people you would speak to? Like, what did they say? say they were taking away from your stories and experience that helped them recognize something in themselves? You know, what I loved most about Team Empower Hour, so what we did was we did team building and leadership development through movement. So we'd come to a location, you know, we'd set up an agility ladder, we'd set up all these balance things, and everybody would be like, no way, I can't do that, nor do I want to do that, all right? You're not going to force me into team building. And so we'd start the music and I'm kind of a 12 year old girl at heart. So a lot of Katy Perry, Britney, <laughs> oh, yeah. Spears, Rihanna, you know, um, so we'd get everybody going through the agility ladder. And at first you could just see everybody like, ugh. and then one person would be really fast or do something really cool. And then it would like had this whole energy shift, right? And then everybody would start to doing it. And then all of a sudden they're high-fiving and they're like, oh my gosh, Joe, I had no idea you could do that. And then Bob, oh my God, you know, it was just, it was this turning point where people, they, they, they built their own energy and came away with a confidence that they didn't really even know they had. And that connection and that bond that they made with their team, you know, bonding over the stories that I talked about with the Olympics and, you know, what it was feeling like to be in the gate of the Olympics, but then having them do all of these things together, just everybody came away with a higher vibration and energy than when they got there. So it was really, really meaningful and powerful work for me. What is the part of your story that tends to resonate the most with people? That I'm an underdog. I was never, I think the thing, I was never the Michael Phelps 
the Simone Biles, the Sean White. Nobody ever like put me on this huge pedestal of like, wow, Shannon's this super athlete. It was like, well, she barely made it, you know? And, and so I think when I tell my story of I'm, I was never that person, you know, I had to fight and claw and pick and, and prove over and over and over again. And people still didn't believe it. Like if you had to take in, um, I think a, a poll from all of my U.S. teammates that I would ever be the one to have two Olympic medals, my name would have never made the list. I was never the strongest. I was never the fastest. I was never the best. But what I could do is, is when those moments when you needed to be great, I really worked on my mental toughness. So for me, relating to people, you know, being like, I'm, I didn't win, you know, 72 World Cups like, like, um, uh, Michaela Schifrin has right now. I never won everything, you know, I'm just the scrappy girl that got in there and made it happen. And I think people really resonated with that. I think they still do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm they not still the smartest do. nor the prettiest or the most athletic or any, you know, the best mom out there, but I won't give up and I keep going and try to make it happen. Well, I will tell you, you're the most fun <laughs> without okay, a well, doubt. That I can be, that I can be. Yes. I do claim to be really fun. You are <laughs> so, so fun. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, that I love to do. I've never, I've, that's just come natural. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Okay. So how can people get involved in the will program and what are the best ways to keep up with you these days? So I, I'm really terrible at social media, but so if you want to see some, you know, horrible pictures of all my kids and all the things that we do, you can follow me on Instagram, which is at Shannon Barkey. Um, and as far, I, and I, and I think I do Facebook too. I just post to it. So if I don't reply to your comment on Facebook, it's just because I don't love Facebook, but I love Instagram. So I'll always reply to everybody's comments on, um, and LinkedIn. I love I love, you know, empowering women in business. So LinkedIn as well. And it's all at Shannon Barkey um, and the will program. So if you go to shannonbarkey.com, if you're a company and want to get your women involved, go to shannonbarkey.com and there is, you know, all the information and the links there to do that. And then on um, the will is for any woman that wants to do it and be part of this community. All the information is there and, um, um, and you can sign up and be accountable and start it there. And then I, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming <laughs> that people might be hearing this and thinking, oh, well, I don't have a big enough company to do something like this. But I'm assuming that you don't have to have like a, like a Fortune 500 company to have this kind of an experience. Yeah, this is, you know, I, I really thought about who needs, who needs what I have. And this is a program that is for, you know, any woman that is in a company that is feeling a little stuck, maybe they don't know how to advance their career. Maybe they don't feel confident asking for a raise, asking for a promotion, inserting their ideas that they know are going to be incredible or could fail, but how do they get that heard in their company? So it's really for, you know, any size company of rising stars of women, middle managers, anybody that wants to advance and just have that, you know, that community behind them to know that it's possible. Oh, well, I think everything's possible for you. You just got to decide to do it. <laughs> I just need a little more sleep, um, schools mm. to reopen again, and then we're good, uh -huh. right? <laughs> I know. Well, at least you still have your pink hair. 
I know. And my, my hairdressers got COVID. So it, it's going to be even more pink shortly. As soon as I can get back in. <laughs> it is so great to see you friend. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for all you do. And just on the Olympic movement side, on the woman's side, on the business oh. side, just thank you for being you and all that you do. So thank you for having me here. Oh, you're the best. If you happen to be in the Tahoe area, I invite you to come out and watch our Olympic Zone show live in the village at Palisades, Tahoe. We're going to be out there Monday through Saturday at 4.30 in the afternoon and then 3.30 on Sundays. Michelle Dapper will be out for those Saturday and Sunday shows. So you're welcome to come hang out, watch behind the scenes. Um, I'll warn you in advance, it's somewhat underwhelming. If you're like thinking it's going to be the most exciting thing you've ever seen, eh, parts of it are. But we do have a good time behind the scenes and definitely during the commercial breaks. Since athlete families can't travel to Beijing this time, we're hoping to have a lot of them on the show as well. And trust me, there is nothing better than Olympic parents. Other than Olympians with medals, the Olympic parents are just near and dear to my heart. They are so sweet and watching them be so proud and having to do it from thousands of miles away. It's just, it's the best. If you have a question for me, do me a favor, reach out on Instagram. It's my favorite. Everybody's cranky on Facebook. I just can't deal with it anymore. So um, reach out on Instagram. And if you send me a question or a message, I promise I'll read it and get back to you. You will find me on Instagram at runreadsip. It is my favorite way to interact with our viewers. And please, please, please don't forget to join our 21-day challenge. If you're hearing this and it's like day seven, I don't care. I'll give you credits, okay? You can just start it. We'll still say you did the 21 days, but please join in and tag a friend. Try to get them involved as well. Just commit to doing something for your physical or your mental health every day of the Olympics. It doesn't have to be a heavy lift. I mean, it, I mean, it can be if like lifting is your challenge, but it doesn't have to be. Even 15 minutes is okay. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to commit to, this is going to sound ridiculous, but for me, it's a big deal. I'm going to commit to doing a 10 to 15 minute yoga video every day. I am not a yoga person. I am not bendy, literally or figuratively like at all, but I'm going to try to slow down and do a yoga video every day. Now, I'm not even going to tell myself it's going to be in the morning or the evening. It's going to be whenever I can fit it in. Maybe it'll be in the commercials of the Olympic zone, whenever I'm going to get it done. And if you have something you would like to do, I would love you to please post it on social media. Use the hashtag KCRA challenge and I'll scan for them and I'll share some of those pictures on TV. All right. It's going to be fun. Got to trust me. Got Shannon as your cheerleader. What could go wrong? It's going to be the whole new you. It's going to be so much fun. All right. Thanks for listening. Go Team USA. And I'll catch you next time on the Dying Task Podcast.